Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. Amen. Every time that we come into this house, it ought to be to worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. There is a Savior. Caleb sang about Him in all of those songs. Janet sang about Him in that song. And we proclaim Him as we come to the pulpit this morning. As we, uh, as we should all of us every day of our lives. Lord, I pray that, uh, that the power of Your Word, God, might magnify Your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank You for His blood that bought our salvation. Lord, we pray that everything that we do might glorify Him. And it's in His name that I pray. Amen. Well, as, we, uh, as I have been... Uh, preaching over these last months about the promises of God, the precious promises of God. I've had this one on my heart for a while. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I struggled with what to, really what to call this promise. And, and I decided that I would call it the promise of the promise. And, uh, you know, Jesus, and really what, what we're talking about, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit. It is an amazing thing uh, to me that, that Jesus talked repeatedly about His promise, the promise of the Father to send the Holy Spirit in His stead. And I am sure that those disciples could never have imagined that there could be anything better than spending their lives with Jesus. But Jesus himself told them, and, and, and I'm not going to apologize, but i got a lot of scripture today. So if you're taking notes, you're go, I'm, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to kind of like write down fast and go. But you know, one of the things that I continue to find is that the scripture of God is a way better preacher than I am. And, uh, and, and this, 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 this message on the Holy Spirit kind of reminded me of the first time I, I cooked beans. You know, I filled up this pan about half full of water, put the beans on there, and you know what? It, the longer it cooked, the bigger it got. And uh, that's kind of the, the way this sermon is. The longer it cooked and the more I thought about it, the bigger it got. Until, until I finally, I say finally, you know, I, I prayed, Lord, what? Because the, 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 the emphasis of this sermon is not just the Holy Spirit of God, but it is the, the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And I thought, God, what are, we, what, are, what are we missing in our church? What are we missing in our Christianity? What are we missing in the church today that seems to be so evident in the New Testament church. 
Lord, what are we, are we, why are we missing your power? Are we missing your power? Why, why, do, why does it seem that we don't have the evidences of the power of the Spirit of God present in our churches like what, like what I read about and like, frankly, what, what I long for and what I long to see in life, you know, revival, a revival. We need, we need revival. And uh, so, so I, I just thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's just that the, the Spirit of God and the power of God doesn't work like it used to. You know, maybe, maybe when God gave the Holy Spirit to these early Christians and these early apostles, that, that it was a more magnificent power than what we have today. And, and I think in a way it was. I think in a way it was. The Holy Spirit of God has always, has always, from the creation, from before, the creation of the foundation of the world, the Holy Spirit has always been there. The Holy Spirit was present with Jesus the Son and God the Father in the creation of the world. The Holy Spirit was, is nothing new. Over and over, we read in the, in the Old Testament, right, that the Spirit of God was upon them. And, and I mean, it just we, we know that. You guys know that. That's, that's nothing new that, uh, that, we can, that we can talk about it. But... But, but I, you know, why does it seem that, that we don't see the power of the, of the Spirit, you know, displayed like it was? And, and, and God, you know what God told me? He said, you don't have any business preaching on that. Because I am the one that sends forth the power. And nothing has changed. We have the same God. And he works in the same ways in the lives of people he chooses to work in. Our deal is, we want to be that people. I want to be that people. I want to see the power of God at work in my own life in ways that, you, that are too big to miss. You know what I mean? And it, and it just, I don't know, it just... It's almost a depressing thing to feel like, okay, the, the power of God is not displayed in, in my life or in our lives like what I would like to see it. But, but you know, Jesus told his disciples, he says, nevertheless, I tell you this truth. This is in John chapter 16. It is to your advantage that I go away. It's better for you that I go back to heaven. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. The Helper, the Comforter, the, the Greek word, the Paraclete, one who comes alongside. He says, if I don't go away, he won't come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And, and therein we, we begin on a study of what the work of the Holy Spirit is. Those of us that are saved, understand the convicting work of the Spirit. For at one time we were convicted by the Holy Spirit of God of our sin and recognized that, that we can't have eternal life apart from the blood of Christ. And the Holy Spirit of God drew us to in faith trust Him. 
We understand that. We understand that as we sin, the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives that encourages us to repent and to turn back to God. We get it. We understand that. John chapter 14, Jesus told his followers, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and He will give you another helper, same word, same thing, that He may abide with you forever. See, that was, a, that was a new thing. He will abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because He neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be, future tense, in you. See, Jesus was teaching them about the, the power, what the, what the Holy Spirit was, was going to do. John chapter 14, he says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The promise of God sent by Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2 records the day of Pentecost. When that day come that the Holy Spirit came down and began to infill all of those believers. And quite frankly, that's a turning point in the Word of God. Because no longer will the Holy Spirit just dwell with you, but He will be in you. Paul called it the mystery of the gospel, Christ in you. The Apostle Paul makes certain that we understand that all who belong to Christ have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, not just those disciples, not just those disciples, apostles, not just those 120 that were gathered in that upper room when the Holy Spirit came, but that every single believer that has put their faith in Christ to be born again of the Spirit of God has the Holy Spirit living in them. Amen. You have, if you have trusted in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, But you are not in the flesh. This is Paul speaking to the Roman Christians. You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, you are in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Every born-again believer has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in them. Amen. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, for, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. That's his way of saying everybody, none of you are exempt. He said, we have all been made to drink of one Spirit. So we have the promise of the indwelling Holy Spirit. If you're saved, you know that. I haven't told you anything new. But the passage that prompted me to preach this sermon... It's in Luke chapter 24. I'm going to start in verse 46 and read through verse 49. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. It's after he has been resurrected. He is back in the flesh teaching his followers. 
And he said, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. He was already telling them their marching orders. Right? That repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And then he says this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. That's the Holy Spirit. The promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He said, here's your marching orders. Now, wait for power. Wait for power. Ten days later, in the upper room, the power came. Power. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Endued with power. The, word, the Greek word power, is, I mean, you've heard it, it's dunamis. It's the word we get our word dynamite from. It's not just an enabling kind of energy. It is significant power. Power to the effect that Jesus had given them their mark. I mean, they were ready to go. I believe they were ready to go. They had experienced the risen Christ. He was getting ready to go back. They knew what their marching orders were going to And he said, wait for power. And then the power came. The Holy Spirit that, that provides this dunamis power, this magnificent, more than you can imagine kind of power. And I want, us to, uh, I want us to look at kind of three areas this morning that this Holy Spirit, this dunamis power, is in us. We are saved. I am saved. I pray that you are saved. I have the Holy Spirit living within me, the Holy Spirit of power that was given by God. First thing, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, but you shall, this is Jesus speaking again, but you shall receive power, same word, dunamis power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The first, the first way, the first Thing, the first area that we are to that we are to experience the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit is the power for witness. Jesus made it clear to his followers that that was their job. He said, "Preach repentance and the remission of sin." to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. He said in Matthew chapter 28, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. The first marching order that we have, those of us who are infilled by the Holy Spirit, power of God is the power to witness. 
It's the only reason, frankly, that we're left here. Everything else would be better in heaven. But Christ has left us here that we might be used by Him in power to expand the kingdom of God. Not in our power. There is nothing that we can do. But we preach repentance and remission of sin as a, in obedience that, that we have the power of God and we are to be a witness. Now, I, I know. I know that that's not easy. I think that in, uh, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, we get, a, we get a, Paul's writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. And I suspect Timothy, Timothy number one, was serving in a hard place. It was hard to be bold and stand for, the, for, the, for Jesus all the time. There was persecution. There was ridicule. There, you know what? It's not a lot different than today. Except that they were more fearful probably of their very lives than what we are. But Paul wrote and he, and, he, and he told Timothy, right? He says, when I recall the genuine faith that is in you. Now that had to be encouraging to Timothy. Right? Paul says, Timothy, brother, I know you're saved. I know that you're saved. I know that you have a relationship with God. And then he says this, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you. Stir up. Fan the flame. You know, the picture you get is, is of you know, these, these coals. My dad used to call it stoking the fire. Right? Hey, go stoke the fire. Right? Get the poker and poke around in the coals and blow on it and get the flame going again. That's what Paul is telling this protege, Timothy. Timothy, stir up the gift of God which is in you. And then he says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but He has given us the gift of power and of love and a sound mind. You see, Timothy... Timothy may have become complacent in his pastoring of this church. He may have, he may have gotten dulled to the culture around him where, where he, he, he was, didn't have the flame of God going in his life where he was sharing the gospel maybe like he should. And, and Paul says, Timothy, I know you're saved, but stir up that gift of God that is within you. God has given us the power. To be witnesses for him. To tell people of his saving faith, of his grace. This is a bold thing, but church, it is the only reason we're not in heaven. Second thing. First, we've got the power for the witness. Second thing, we have power for the walk. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. Paul tells the Colossians this. He said, For this reason we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, 
fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. The power of the Holy Spirit that is within us enables us to walk, to live our lives in a manner that fully pleases God, fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, it's closely related to the power for the witness, except this is a living witness. Because you see, in reality, it does no good In fact, it's harmful to the kingdom of God, I believe. To share a testimony, to share the, the good news of salvation with people, and then live our lives in a way that do not back that up. I used to tell students, if you're going to live like hell, I'd just assume you not profess to be a Christian. Because the power of God is more than that. The power of God enables us to walk in a way that is pleasing to Him. And that, that's not, you know, when I preach these things, I, 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 I always want to say, I, I'm not preaching a, some kind of do better kind of thing. Because this is not about a legalistic thing. It's not about keeping the rules. It's not about me telling you, hey, you need to come to church more. You need to act this way or you need to act that way. It really isn't. It is about just being obedient to the Spirit of God that is within you. You belong to Jesus. He has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit of God that Jesus said is better than even Him being here. Now, we just are to be obedient to that. Paul, he simplifies it as simple as simple as I could ever explain it, right? And he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, he says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. <laughs> do all to the glory of God. Give no offense, he said, give no offense to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. The Holy Spirit of God enables us in power to live our lives to the glory of God. Do you live your life to the glory of God? Jesus taught his disciples. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit of God enables us to live our lives in a way that glorify God. In a world that needs light and that needs salt. Right? We are the difference makers. And lastly, and by the way, there's probably more messages on each of these things, but the last thing that I want to think about, we have have the power 
for the witness. The dunamis Holy Spirit power of God within us enables us with power to witness. It enables us with power for the walk. And the last thing is it enables us with power for the war. You guys like that preacher thing that I did? Witness, walk, war. I don't do that very often. It enables us with power for the war. Paul wrote the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Power. Power of His might. Power of the Holy Spirit. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly faces. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Church, this is the evil day. I mean, it was then, it is now. This is the evil day. We must understand, as those who have been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, that He has an enemy. And therefore, we have an enemy. Satan, the devil. We have an enemy that that seeks to kill and to destroy. He's a vicious enemy. Sometimes we don't recognize him, but he is the God of this world. But Jesus says the Holy Spirit of God is mighty to overcome the schemes of the devil. That's that's us. We have that Holy Spirit of God. And and we are are at battle for the souls of people. We are at battle for for the lives of our kids and our grandkids and the world in which we live. We are at war against the enemy of our Lord. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 9 say, says, be sober. Peter writes, he says, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom, may, whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. We, we as believers in Christ, we as the church, Possess the Holy Spirit of God in us. And therefore, we have access to the dunamis, dynamite power of God Himself to win people to Christ. We we don't win, by the way. We are just faithful to share the gospel. The good news to people that Christ Jesus died for your sin and therefore He paid the penalty and you don't have to. Trust in Him. Believe in Him. Give your life to Him. Live for Him. And the Holy Spirit of God fills us. And the power of God enables us. Power to witness. Power to walk. Those that have been changed are different. We are new creations No longer walking in the flesh. No longer walking in the old ways. But by obedience to the Spirit of God that is within us, we walk in a manner that is pleasing to God. Which backs up our witness as to the goodness and the grace of God. 
And then as we always remember that we fight against an enemy. Through the power of God. Not us. Not us. We have no power. We cannot defeat the enemy. But the power of God enables us to live lives of victory that stand against what all the enemy is about in our world. And I'm telling you, it, he's about a lot. Every day we come across things, schemes and, and strategies and philosophies that, that are just evil and silly. But you know what? We, we must be courageous people that understand the power of the Holy Spirit that we possess and be willing to be used of God to be a difference maker in the world in which we live. However that may be. Minute by minute, day by day, God desires that the power of His Holy Spirit be utilized in His children to make a difference in the world. John chapter 7, verse 37 says this, On the last day of that great feast, Jesus stood and he cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus said, if you thirst, if you want more than what this world has to offer, he says, come to me. And you don't just come, you come to me and you drink. And he said, and what happens to those who believe is that, is that out of their, his heart, out of his innermost being, flow streams of living water. Math, or John adds some commentary to it. He says, but this he spoke concerning the spirit of those whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. See, everything changed at Pentecost. But Jesus taught before him, if you are, he who is thirsty, come to me and drink, and out of him, out of his innermost being will flow streams of living water. Well, guess what? That's not for you. That's not just for you. That is for everybody else. That is to be influence, salt, light, gospel sharing, life that's changing. Spiritual warfare, it's, it's all of that. Jesus said, out of you will come springs of, of living water. world needs you. Your world needs you. Whatever your world is. Your world at work, your world at school, your world in your family, your world on social media. Wherever it is that you intersect the world, your world needs you to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus knew that the power of God was sufficient to change the world. That's, the power of God is sufficient to change the world. We are sufficient through the power of God within us to change our world. That people might come to trust in Christ. 
That people might come to live lives submitted to the Holy Spirit in, in power. You know, I had one thing written down. I almost hesitate to, to read it. And really, really what prompted it was I, uh, you know, I got a lot of hobbies. And I was on a uh, forum, you know, where we discussed, you know, one of my hobbies. And, you know, one of the posters on it posted a uh, question about suicide. And his question was, you know, if somebody takes their own life, is there any way they can go to heaven? And in less than 24 hours, that question had 13 pages of comments. And I bet a third of them said, you know, I've been wondering the same thing. And others said, I don't know. Some teaching says yes. I mean, no, that you... If you take your own life, you can't go to heaven. Well, do you know what? It was an opportunity through a random source to preach the good news of Jesus Christ that nothing can separate us from the love of God when we give ourselves to Him and are saved by faith in Him. But the world doesn't know that simple truth. They don't. They don't know. This was an Oklahoma forum. Oklahoma people. And very few, there were some, there were some, that said the only thing that makes a difference of whether you spend eternity in heaven or hell, is if you have a relationship with Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. There are all kinds of ways of intersecting your world with the gospel. But you know what? I just, I just wonder how many of us would have just read through that and gone on. Right? Instead of boldly understanding that we have the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis, dynamite power of the Holy Spirit within us that God intends for us to use, to yield to, to make a difference in the lives of people. The statement that I wrote down says this. Quit hiding. Quit being silent. Quit whining about the state of our world. Get out in the lost world among the heathen and show them Jesus. Church, that's what we're about. Don't know what that looks like in your life, but I pray every day, I pray that every day, that the Lord would open up doors and opportunities for you to show His love to somebody. Through the preaching of the gospel, through the sharing a word of encouragement, all of those kinds of things. God does not intend for us to be silent or invisible. We are here to make a difference through the dunamis power of God that resides in us. Have I said that enough? It's true.
Caleb, you're going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. You know, maybe we just need to uh, we just need to repent for being invisible, for being silent, for not yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit that is within us to be live our lives the way God would have us to live, to say the things that God would have us to say. I don't know. You got to stand as Caleb sings a hymn of invitation. If you need to make a decision before God. You need to give your life to Christ. You sense the Spirit of God speaking to you to repent and to trust in Christ. That is not something you just do. That is something that we are to confess publicly. Jesus says, if you confess me before men, then I will confess you before my Father in heaven. It's a public thing. See, the power of God gives, enables us the power to be bold, not to hide. So if you need to do that, you do that today. Don't let another day go by where you tell the Holy Spirit no. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405 405- 381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.